good time to record is Boxing Day. I am very, very fed. Yep. And fat, I've just got a sort of higher baseline of sugar yep. rushing through my piss stream. Yeah, it's really going to be whether or not that sugar kind of keeps us running or whether there's, we're in for a pretty deep crash and uh, our listeners are going to enjoy a sort of Boxing Day nap live <laughs> here on the recording. A dad-style nap, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I stopped eating sugar about 20 hours ago, so I'm just I'm, I'm in the middle <laughs> of a crash and it's, it's going very Excellent. well. Oh, brilliant, mate. <sighs> Tell you what, mate. If I had told you yeah. It would be at least five years at this. Mm. What wouldst thou have said? It would be hard to make out the actual words in between all the screams. Um, the consonants, <laughs> you just have to try and guess when I close my lips, whether they're forming <laughs> M's or N's or, or F's, mostly F's. <laughs> but I'd, I'd have probably gone, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds good. Uh, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, brilliant. Tell you what, mate, six of the episodes you're really going to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are doing? One Good Thing, the podcast that can only think of 249 ways to introduce itself. Mm-hmm. But it happened. I'm Paul Salt. I'm seasoned podcast veteran pro Paul Goodman. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, I'm yeah. still a noob. I don't know why. I don't think my experience counter is working. Oh, shit. You're just, well, you're doing the same thing over and over. You need to change it up and. Oh, hold on. Maximize. Let me try foraging this. Oh, my God. Wait, where are my balls? <laughs> you have made nut loaf. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> As I prepare to build up my codex, we've um, managed to survive our fifth year of finding nice things to say about movies that sometimes actually spiritually challenge us. Fucking hell. What an achievement. <laughs> may I say so myself, and I may. Looking into the mouths and faces of screaming <clears throat> f- assholes who literally hate us directly, <clears throat> and we found ways to compliment how their hair looks. Yeah, I think 200% more exposure to, to actual filmmakers this year. Um, <laughs> two on last year's one. Oh, if I could just record this directly inside of Adam Sandler's den. Bed, preferably. Then <laughs> I think it'll be a step in the right direction. In- inside of Adam Sandler's dead? Uh, you have to take your first answer there, mate. <laughs> that is fair enough. I I believe in that more than anything. <laughs> we are going to revisit the mission statement. Yeah. Uh, update the best and worst lists and answer some very intriguing questions from our Ooh. beloved OG team. So, to start, let's ask Paul, why is this uh, podcast and is that good enough? It has to be good enough, Paul, because if not, I need a long, hard look at <laughs> all my life choices. Yeah. Going back to 12 years ago when I first met you or first uh, <laughs> deigned to, to lower myself and talk to you. Yes, that was very nice. I, it's one of the nicest things I've ever done, and I like to just congratulate myself on that. <laughs> you noticed you dropped a crumb, and you noticed that I scurried in, as I always do to get it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, it's that again. Oh, wait, let me engage it in conversation. It was Christmas, I believe. And uh, you bent down, and we talked about Futurama, yeah. and the rest was uh, horrible, horrible history. <laughs> Beep, boop, Simpsons reference, Futurama reference. I am a human. Yep, we bonded like men, yeah. which is to say that we didn't say anything about how we actually felt or f- about anything, really, yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. We've, we've come close once or twice, haven't we, mate? But uh, <laughs> th- those are dark times. <laughs> they sure are. Uh, but in those dark times, 
Mm. Uh, which just seems to be like a, a blanket just sort of wrapped mm. around all of our heads at the moment. It, it does feel more and more necessary to yeah to be positive. I think so. As the the cinema sins and you know or <laughs> the the red letter medias and and so on. Yeah. Just the former more so than the latter. Just like which is a constant attempt to criticize and drag down. Yes, very much so. And I do also- need some positivity. <sighs> A lot of my experience of film criticism at the moment, I try to do as much reading as I can of actual publications and articles and such, but mm, and not to literature. sound too much like a grumpy old fucking man, but it's so easy now to buy into film criticism on Twitter, mm. in which people are forced to condense any thought that they have down to how many characters? 280? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. A, a small number of words. Yeah. And you hear constantly other people's very thought-out opinions condensed down into sound bites, which is nothing new. Mm. You know, this is how the news used to articulate things. You know, they would interview a guy for two hours and then cut out the five seconds where he was talking about how much he loves Nazis. It's, it's <laughs> you know, in retrospect, you know, it's easy to take anything out of context. Yeah. But it can seem very negative to just see things just described as just shit. You know, oh, new Bond yes. movie is rubbish. You know, oh, yeah. can't believe how many people like the new Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, What's the line? Uh, people who think Christopher Nolan movies are clever. <laughs> it's a stupid person's idea of a clever movie. That's it, yeah. Movie, yeah. If it, yeah, will self. Um, <laughs> on Inception, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Um, it's just these very sort of meaningless bits of cynicism that more and more, whenever somebody says to me or uh, borrows it, what I find quite often is that someone will say, oh, yeah, that movie's rubbish, isn't it? And I'll say, well, I don't know. I thought this was quite good. And they were like, oh, I haven't really thought about it. Mm. You know, as soon as they're yeah. challenged, Every- it kind of gets stepped down quite abruptly. Everyone just wants to fit in yeah, and say and the right thing. everybody wants to have a conclusion, yeah. a Rotten Tomatoes-style summary yeah. of a movie and how it was. And I like to think that, at the very least, in watching movies that we genuinely hate <laughs> often, mm. in order to find nice things to say about them, or at least muddying the water. Yeah. And if at one stage I thought the confusing nature of our mission statement was a weakness, I definitely don't now. I think the fact that it's confusing is its greatest strength. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's definitely smart, considering how we've behaved in the last five years. Um, <laughs> I think we're the Dadaists yeah. of, um, of internet criticism now. We arbitrarily find good things where we definitely should not yeah. be. Yeah. Hey, look, it's, <laughs> it would be dishonest to be positive where we... Uh, don't yep. need to be just as much as uh, it would be if we were negative yeah. where we didn't need to be. Yeah, I, I think you're right in sort of trying to figure out that mission statement. You're, you're, you're doing it a disservice. A, li- a little bit, a little bit, because you, yeah, you are, you are, you are muddying the waters. We're muddying the waters by hmm. doing this and just reacting honestly to things. I think, yeah. and if if you try to think too hard about sticking to the mission statement, then hmm. I, I. I I can look back on episodes and go, well, God, you know, I was really negative there or yeah, and something. I don't, I don't think I'm ever, I, I've never been, um, what's the word? I've never been too positive. I don't think I've looked back on an episode and gone, oh, I didn't, I shouldn't have said that you yeah. know, in, in a positive yeah, sense. Yeah, if you feel embarrassed about having infused about something, which now you judge to be mediocre, that's not something you should ever feel. You should never feel bad to have been swept away or, you know, impressed or no. enjoy something. You know, that's no. that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and that's why the dismissive, oh, it was shit, or it was pretentious, or yeah. or so on and so forth, is is hard. Because, mm. yeah, if you do feel really strongly about a movie and someone shuts it down... Yeah, it's, exactly. Just dismisses it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it's, you know, it's fun. It's very cathartic sometimes to <laughs> definitively say, this was shit. Yeah. It feels good. It can feel good in the moment. Mm. God, God knows I've been there. But 
it's been a benefit to like have to look at this stuff appraisingly. I think so. I think it, it's good to have... I really like the fact that if somebody says anything, even about these bottom 10 movies that we're about to discuss, mm. Um, mm. if somebody just says, oh, what about that movie? That movie is rubbish. I can at least say, well, actually, you know, there is something. Yeah. <laughs> There's something there that we'll have deliberately gone out to think about and have with us. Yeah. And could come back with and say, it's not completely shit because nothing is. Yeah. You know, nothing is completely rubbish. Even the worst movie we've ever watched... We have had sometimes we yeah. do not have many good things. There yeah. have been times when I've come into the good thing thing with like six. Yeah. But six nevertheless is what I have. I've never failed. Can we change the name of the quick fire to the good thing thing? I will talk while you just think about that. So <laughs> yeah, even you know, even movies that if there's some something I don't like and I'm yeah. talking about it to someone just on, on the street, people approach me all the time. Yeah. Very approachable. I, I I do you know I I often preface the oh, I hated it with uh you know with caveats um yeah. it's yeah it's interesting to just be fully have this fully ingrained in me yeah it's this mode of thinking is fully entrenched in me and I'm yeah. my my uh oof, what's what's the word <laughs> my my bullshitometer it just yeah. just fires madly whenever the sort of the rampant negativity yeah um comes to the fore of a, of a review or you know twitter or, or whatnot mm. um I, I mean i've always personally been very unattracted to people who use absolutes that's the sith and obi-wan kenobi they both they're yeah. the ones they're the main ones who use absolutes and yeah. i've always found it very unattractive when somebody just says oh that movie's shit right you know that movie sucks because yeah. it, it's so it's not taking objectivity into account whatsoever to say i hated that yeah. movie is something yeah. to say i really didn't like that movie or yeah. it really annoyed me is something else mm. but to say the movie is shit it suggests a, a an absolute reality in which your opinion is you know the only one and yeah you know that this is a norm that you have identified that that's just very irritating um it's a complete unwillingness to take part in a conversation i think yeah how do you move on from there like oh that movie's yeah. shit well i don't think so yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, no, you'd have to come in as strong, I guess, and just say, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I you guess are. like you, you need to, you need to do the. I've gotten his name wrong twice <laughs> this month now, but James O'Brien. Oh from yes, LBC. Yeah. Yes. He uh the the. Well, why do you think that? A London-based radio host. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that? Let give them the rope and let them hang themselves. Because then, like you said, once you sort of tease it open, <sighs> you'll probably yeah. like you know examine it a little bit. You probably realize that mm. the opinions aren't. <laughs> haven't been articulated yet it's more an instinctual yeah. thing it's an emotive thing yeah exactly you find out it's an emotional re- reaction i had this recently actually someone was saying oh iron man 3 was rubbish mm. and i said oh no i really like that movie and it's like oh oh well, i really like the how he gets stranded out in the snow yeah. without his iron man suits so now he needs to improvise and you know yeah. be tony stark again without all of his you know yeah everything that he has and he's like oh yeah i like that bit that was the one bit i liked <laughs> i'm like oh no i like much more than that i like how he does like diy iron yeah. man to break into the place and his uh, trauma early on the fact that he has ptsd and i yeah. love the reveal with the mat we kept going like this <laughs> and eventually we came down to the fact that neither of us liked the ending okay and for him that was enough to say that's a rubbish movie you know the ending where all the iron man suits yeah show up yeah and fight sure the glowing people it's a bad ending and you know that was enough for him to say iron man 3 is shit yeah. and for me to say i really like iron man 3 but with an asterisk yeah i don't like the ending you know and it's just 
it's about not letting one thing can dominate your opinion of a movie i think it's, it's yeah this, if this podcast does anything it's hopefully to take a more broad approach to opinion on film so that you're not allowing sort of individual features to define it yeah because like we say nothing is absolute you know bad movies have good things about them good movies have bad things about them yeah in, in the same way that we tell people to listen to the whole episode rather than just the first couple of minutes when we're crying <laughs> you got to, yeah, get past the tears before we start actually being coherent. That's what I told Nell, and she stuck with me. You know, we've been together for a <laughs> hundred years. A hundred years. Yeah. And um, that's that's what I love about you and ancient Mayan spirit, um, yeah. Nell. <laughs> She's known <laughs> as, the, as the ancients call her. She's come a long way. But, you know, this is, this is, why, you know, this is why we're here, Paul. Mm. Fr- friends can, you know, shove our podcast in their faces and, and, and say, listen to this, you idiot. This is what you should be <laughs> like, not in personality will. style, but in your approach to cinema. I, I hope you'll do that. Please don't be like them. I hope you'll do that to any idiots that are in your life. But we'll come to that later. Yeah. But now, let's go against that thing we just said and talk about the our least favourite films that we've covered. <laughs> For which we found good things. For which we, all of which we found good things. Do you know what? As we're talking about these, let's do one explanation as to why it's on the list and then a good thing that we remember from it. All right. So let's start quickly with honourable mentions. Uh, we can do these one at a time. Do you want to start? Invasion Planet Earth... It's yep. it's hard to know where to put this. It could have been in the top ten. It could be in the bottom ten. Yeah, <laughs> it's not quite either. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely not for the reasons it was intended. But no. yeah, if I had to give it a sentence each, it's you know very it, oh, ambitious but fairly lazy in its execution yeah. and very poor technically. Yeah. Uh, but a good thing I remember from it is definitely the hologram speech, which was a yeah. bit of a highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have Norbit. Um, Eddie Murphy movie, really just cynical. Uh, with so many of these, the word is lazy. Yeah. You know, it's just just trying to do his old shtick, relying on stereotypes and just not having a really coherent idea of what he wanted to do with it. Um, a good thing from it, who was the uh, female lead in that movie? I remember her being good. Um, Tandy Newton. Or oh, Tandy Yay. That's, of uh, course. Tandy Way, as I believe she's now uh, uh, calling herself. Yeah. Tandy Way Nae Newton. As, as her name. Um, <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. So there you go. Cool. She was really good in it. So yeah, the next honourable mention, Love Wedding and Other Disasters. It um yep. nearly so thoroughly, nearly in the top ten. Thoroughly discomforting experience for me. Just not 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 yeah. fun. Very cringy. Very anxiety inducing yeah. in its um setup. Yeah. Um Jeremy Irons <laughs> is always a, a joy to watch because he's just a fucking yeah. circus. And yeah, I quite liked the the uh, daughter from Taken who was in it. Yes, absolutely, that too. Uh, wrong Missy. We're still on honorable mentions. Wrong Missy. Um, yeah, just again a really lazy, horrible piece of Sandlerverse bullshit. Um, really, really just mean spirited and just aggressively bad. But nevertheless, uh, Lauren Lapkus gave her that performance her all. Her all. She did. And even she will defoed it. James- she will defoed it. And even James Spader managed to be somewhat charming when he wasn't saying stupid dialogue from the bad script. David Spader. James Spader. David James. I don't know. David James Spader. David James David Mitchell was just really good in that movie as the old man mm. from Grown Ups Two. Didn't didn't know he was an actor, but really got everything. Mm. Uh, white chicks, not oh, quite as bad as I was expecting. Still pretty nope. bad. <laughs> um, again, lazy stereotypes, fat suits, yeah, that kind of shtick. <sighs> not much more. Kevin's dad uh, from Home Alone had yeah. a funny line. Yes, he did, and God bless him for that. Right, yeah. we're into the bottom ten. There's only one new addition here. Otherwise, we've rearranged things a bit. But principally, this is the same list we had last year, which speaks to this being a fairly d- decent year. 
in which we yeah haven't really gained any new hated movies um and our top 10 on the other hand has changed quite a bit so in spite yeah. of how exhausted we feel and how challenging this year has been personally and globally um it's not been the worst year of doing this podcast i don't think <laughs> oh Except for the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, which I did want to mention earlier in our mission statement, because that did represent a very unique challenge to our positive outlook. Yeah, I had what you might call a meltdown. Yeah, that was awful. That was really awful. It was just the worst. Oh my God, some of them were just the worst things that we've had to watch this podcast. And if we were including them, I think, yeah, at least two of them would probably be in the bottom ten. Yeah, maybe it is worth putting the uh, the the first of the fucking Aliamis in there. Yeah, fuck me. In spirit, if nothing else. Cause... Oh, Christ. Spiritually, that <sighs> movie is, I would say, looking at the list of films we have, fourth. Yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> that, that whole endeavor was Sisyphean at best. <laughs> uh, yeah, except instead of a rock. Uh, no, it's it. Yeah, I guess that is fair because pushing a rock up a hill is an inherently arbitrary and pointless, entirely pointless thing to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sisyphean yeah. is good. You get to the end of the film, phew, that's a relief. What's next? Oh yeah, <laughs> another one or yeah. Reality Queen. If we did it that week, which is our number ten. Yeah, it had like buried underneath all of the really gaudy, garish, tasteless jokes. There was some sort of ambition there was an aim there but it was so constantly contradicted by what it was actually doing again Uh, it was the laziest take it was the laziest take have you ever noticed how reality stars are stupid you know no attempt to engage with subject matter lamest jokes but a couple of comedic moments managed to get in there and that's um yeah or something that's why it's number 10. Why it's number 10. Well, spe- speaking of number 10, number 9 is Sex in the City <laughs> 2. It's yep. a classic, uh, and it's it's going to be here a while. Oh my god, what, a, what an absolute betrayal of everything that made that TV show popular. Yeah. And just an attempt to drag something that was so inherently of its time into the 21st century in a way that was so misguided it's just yeah. amazing but nevertheless what was like the shining what was like the i almost said shining light fuck me what was the best yeah. thing about um sex in the city 2 it was um homage Om- lily homage lily was really good yes we Kim have many getting fucked on a van yep that was great we can all yeah you see little little moments little simple pleasures that children enjoy and parents forget <laughs> children and families alike i just brought that to the forefront with my mind <laughs> number eight sex lies to the potato man i can't believe it's this low it's mm. just a bleak old time my god yeah just bleak old english time a rubbish comedy without even the glitz and glamour of the soulless um adam sandler um a yeah. there's no cut to a fucking cruise or you know the wind resort <laughs> las vegas and this it's just the working men's f- club just getting fingered around the back of a chip shop yeah and we've all been there none of us have enjoyed it very much and it's just incredibly bleak but nevertheless um uh some good dialogue in there i think johnny vegas was quite good in it yeah great adrian Um, charles joke yes a very good adrian charles joke and i seem to remember the guy who played the um other guy at the orgy was very funny in the threesome uh yeah okay i remember him being really good well speaking of orgy bucky larson bucky bucky larson born to be a star porn to be a star more like porn star more like um, just really hateful and yeah. lazy <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking film that, yeah, just 
the the crux of the movie was he looks weird and that's funny uh yeah. that, that said a couple of really surprising jokes like the horrible uh roommate and yeah. uh, uh christina ricci was really sweet yeah god god almighty why is she here but she is and we're grateful number six lesbian vampire killers revisited this episode recently and it's really entertaining to hear how angry we were this early on yeah in the podcast um <laughs> very challenged by it we seem to this seems to be just the worst we have felt about a film at that stage it was in like the 20s yeah yeah it's just terrible it's again extraordinarily lazy humor lad humor of just uh just the worst kind of unimaginative bollocks um nevertheless some funny moments uh largely from supporting cast almost all of these is the supporting cast the people who showed up maybe didn't know how far they were going to go with this thing yeah. make it worthwhile and worth watching almost all of these are comedies now um zombie i yes. guess they could they all probably have the word comedy in the genre yeah they demand that immediate response from people and that just makes them more off-putting yeah, yeah. just looking at what what's to come fuck me that's true yeah um oh christ well here, here we go um First time I ever snapped a DVD in half. Paul Blart, Paul Blart, two Blart. <laughs> Yay! Just, just yeah. The revisit of that was was horrendous. It was yeah. Even as a commentary, just yeah. Less hateful than a lot of the Sandlers, I think. But um, yeah. and maybe that's why it's not number one. But it's just just lazy and not. For, it's Kevin James vamping for ninety five minutes and yeah. so rarely landing on the nug. It really is the laziness of this and our number three run. Um. Oh, sorry, where are we? Yeah, our number three, yeah. we'll get to that. But it's yeah. just the laziness of we're going to have a theme and the theme is going to be Fat Oaf goes to Las Vegas. Yeah. And then it seems like they just went there, wandered around, set up their cameras and were like, all right, do it. Yeah, Go ahead. do your thing, Do James. your fucking thing. Here's the roulette wheel. Do something fat and dumb and let him improvise. It's so minimal effort. Yeah. And that's what really aggravates you about so many of these bad movies is that they are, you know, I, I remember, what's his name, Edgar Wright saying nobody sets out to make a bad movie. True, but mm. there are some people out there working who really don't care yeah. if they make a bad movie. They just expect the public to give money for things that they've worked out before they even start shooting, i.e. we have the right stars. We have a yeah. premise. You know, we are filling a niche, which is to say perhaps live action family comedy movies. Yeah. That's sorted. So we don't have to try anything else because we know we're going to at least recoup our expenses. And besides, we've already taken massive fees from the budget anyway. Yeah. So that that's the kind of thing that needs to be called out because that kind of practice is just going to drive more people away from theaters. And it'll be harder yeah. and harder for people like David Lowry to make more Green Knight. Yeah. <laughs> He'll keep trying. You have to call it out, but also find good things. And Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, fuck me, what did you even have? The piano the piano player. The piano player was very funny. Before the call, before the actual drawing attention, the lampshading, it was uh, yeah. pretty pretty good. Yes, he was a funny presence, and I enjoyed yeah. that. Yes. That's why he leaves, and he says, thanks for your help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Oh, yeah. I get it. Oh, yeah. He didn't help much. Brilliant. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I wouldn't four, help Kevin James either. <laughs> number four, again, run for your wife. It's so bleak to see the comparison between the British comedies and the American comedies yeah. because there's such a class-based thing and so much of the comedy that we make in this country that is geared towards the working classes or the masses is so awful. Yeah. And that really depresses me. You know, I'm thinking of like, did you know we had two Mrs. Brown's Boys specials this year? Two? Two of them got made. Why? Why do you two? <laughs> because conservative Britain demanded it 
They demanded something that pandered to the masses, an opiate. Mrs. Brown's Boys is an opiate for the masses, and it's in the... it's just dire. And Run for Your Wife is dire. It's Danny dire, and it's it's just again, again, just the lowest common denominator comedy of just yeah. running around yelling things in a Cockney accent. Oh, I, uh, yeah, you know, suppose you think that's bloody funny. Oh, fucking the most, hell! The 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 most repeated line in that fucking film. Gurning, falling over. It's just, oh. Oh, I haven't thought about it, have I? Kind of just, oh, bleak, bleak, bleak movie. Good things. Fuck. It's getting harder as we get to number one to think of yeah. the good things, but such is the mission statement. Occasional lines here and there, a couple of, like, comedy cameos, most of which were incredibly annoying, some yeah. of which got to deliver a good line before they then got shuffled off. And, if I remember correctly, Neil Morrissey really shone <laughs> the last time we revisited <laughs> this fucking thing, so there's that. It also led to one of my fa- favourite moments between us of the improv uh, in, our, in our rewatch <laughs> episode. <laughs> Fucking stupid is brilliant. Um, do, do you reckon when uh, in, the, in the last general election, um, mm. you had obviously like Labour and um, yeah, Conservatives and Lib Dems and um, after mm. everyone stopped laughing, they moved down and found that, that no one was quite to their liking and half the population just scribbled out everything and wrote, do a Mrs. Brown's Boy special. <laughs> and everyone interpreted that as a vote for Boris. Yeah. Uh, because why wouldn't you? It was correct, yeah. yeah. That does that does that does make sense. Anyway, speaking of making yeah. sense, not Jack and Jill, <laughs> which is number three. Yeah. Uh, it, it it doesn't make sense how they get to keep making these fucking films. But it's uh, another lazy movie where Adam Sandler's in a dress. Oh, imagine! Oh, and he's to his voice. He's, Women he's, are weird. He's big and loud and ugly, and and people think she's terrible. Yeah. And th- let's laugh at some Mexicans, I guess. And God, I. You know what? Looking through this list of comedies mostly, so many of them are just, here is an archetype, a lazy cliche. Laugh at it. Here it yeah. is as it interacts with the world around it in a fat or slovenly or working class or clumsy way. Manner. Yeah. yeah. Laugh at that. Having said that, I know there were, we found loads of good things in Jack and Jill. Um, really <laughs> having to rack my brains for it currently. Um, Let me think. Um... I think one of the guys I'm kidding was like really delivered in a warm and kind of affectionate way. I, I seem to remember actually the second time round that Don Cacino, we admired it for how much Al Pacino fucking committed to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, like ad- admit, just admitting that hey, that fire that is about to kill me is beautiful in its own way. <laughs> I tell you what, you can't tell fire what to do, can you? <laughs> the dancing, I remember. He really puts his all into it. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It's been a fucking while. Yeah, true, it has. Um, number two, Zombie Women of Satan. My least favorite film of all time. Would feel like yep. a case of punching down, even to us, um, the, the our podcast. But nevertheless, it's yeah. still just a really... Represents how laziness can infect cinema at every level. Mm. This was a movie made to have yeah. a shocking title, to have a few, sho- you know, over-the-top gags, gross-out moments... Yeah. So that people would talk about it in those terms. You know, you got to see this movie. There's a bit where a yeah. midget is shitting for like five minutes. you got to see this movie. There's a bit where yeah. a clown molests a zombie's breasts, you know, and it's just yeah. made with absolutely no heart, soul or imagination whatsoever. And that is taking yeah. up room on a stage that could field something by someone with more ambition, creativity and ability. So it has to be called. That whole paragraph was on the DVD cover. <laughs> It's it's a, it's amazing that they fit it in. It's weird that they said midget as well, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's sorry. Harry Knowles for you. I'm sorry, everyone. No, for no. That. But 
I assumed you were doing a thing where you were like the oh the yeah levels of irony deeply it. in there. Also, I think we did discover that in spite of our discomfort with the word midget, it was a no, it's dwarf was the dwarf thing, was the term. It? That's right. Yeah, we were like, Are you sure? I don't believe you. Yeah, and then little people as yeah. well. It, it, it's it look. Yeah, you tell us. It's the thing, and yeah. we will listen. This time, yes. Uh, <laughs> but also, the good thing about Zombie Women of Satan, I've seen to remember there were a couple of well delivered lines by the cast. Yeah, there were there were a few um, yeah. f- funny moments, a few laughs, a few laughs um, hidden in there. And uh, I tell you where there are also a few laughs. Pause. Oh. Our number one, uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, joint number one, Grown Ups Two. Grown Ups Two. Uh, we've we've been here before. We've we've rewatched it. We analysed it pretty much joke by joke until I started jumping ahead. <laughs> until and, started crying. Um, yeah, and again, look, it has its moments, yes. and it, it probably has. It might even have more moments than than Jack and Jill does, but yeah. it's just it is just the ultimate in Adam Sandler and his mates getting together go for, on holiday for a time. laugh. They just <laughs> didn't even. found a place to film and the set about. Holiday came to them, Uh-oh. and they just set themselves around certain locations and premises and yeah. just improvised around it. Uh, best thing about it, actually, this might even qualify it to be moved down a bit because I know instinctively that the best thing was Shaq mm. and his various doings. Yeah, that's true. Um, and because that comes so readily to mind, maybe it should have been low, uh, placed higher or lower, depending on your perspective, than Jack and Jill. Um, nevertheless, of all these movies, yeah, that's about the order in which I would willingly watch them again. Yeah, that's pretty much the thing. Yeah. So there you go. That's the that's our negativity out of the way. And yeah. as you can see, our main complaint is just laziness. Yeah. You know, it's just that's the recurring thread here is that people who assume that money is due to them. Yeah. And clog up cinemas and screens and people's attention with stuff that is just ugh, just meant to pander in no way yeah. to not even entertain in an interesting way. I'm not here saying that every thing that you consume should in some way be sparking your imagination yeah. you know sometimes you're tired and just want to watch whatever nevertheless whatever it is you're watching should not just make as little effort as possible yeah. in order to tick boxes to amuse you it should be actually trying to do things cleverly yeah. even if what it's doing is really dumb it should do it in a clever way yeah absolutely you should never settle for yeah. base laziness you're better watch than Brooklyn that Nine-Nine. not the big bang theory one of these oh god is actively trying to make the world a worse place oh paul you love <laughs> the big bang theory it's smart like you yay <laughs> well speaking of smart here's our favorite things this is yeah. a much more fun category yeah. these are the ones not including our defense ofs yeah these are the movies that we came in because they were poorly reviewed and ended up absolutely loving the pants off them pants right off them right off them and we've got a lot to talk about now First of all, let's do honourable mentions. Okay. Tell me, do you <laughs> like this film, dear? <laughs> Kindly tell me if so. Yes, I like this film, dear. But in the morning, morning no. Yes. <laughs> That's um, it. A Long Last Love. Uh, oh, what's his yeah. name? Burt Reynolds? Yes. Um, horsey Burt X Reynolds. model, Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> assholes. Um, what, a, what a fucking cesspool we live in. And I love it every day. Yeah, this 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 was lovely. It just had yeah. a lot of fun. It Great had songs. like the Cole, uh, like Cole Porter's thrown away tracks that he thought weren't quite as good as, as his other stuff. Um, but it, it was it was just really fun and charming. Yeah. And, you know, Classy, you see its problems, stylish. but it's it, that's the kind of thing that wins me over. Yeah. I get this. Oh God! If ever there was a movie that people have just dismissed as being a betrayal of the fan base and never revisited, Highlander Two: The Quickening has to be up there. Not the Renegade yeah. cut. We want the fucking alien subplot. All the bells and whistles. Yeah. Just absolute madness. 
Sean Connery <laughs> and back his at his splendid waistcoat. His resplendent worse. Um, we've got uh, what's his name? Christopher Lambert giving his Christopher Lambert. His yeah. Oh god, whatever it is that he does, it's so Fucking iconic. Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. Uh, who's the guy who was in Scrubs? Um, the guy, the, the guy with the shit-eating grin who shows up and thinks he played an executive in this. Uh, who gets thrown out of a window? Oh, John C. McGinley. John C. McGinley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. There's just so much good stuff oh, going hell. on here, and you know, it's yeah. an escalation of the silliest parts of the original without the heart, admittedly, but it is still a hell yeah. of a ride. Oh fuck yeah forgot about that almost uh, and a, on, a, on a different day that would be in the the top 10 for me <laughs> very good yeah we'll redo it next year any one of these could be especially this next one yeah yeah uh but birdemic i don't remember that very well you don't so, remember birdemic, birdemic? no no oh, I'm ah, I'm, that was a joke that was a funny that was a funny joke see 250 oh. episodes ladies and germs still got it um, still genuinely afraid every minute of every day <laughs> ladies and germs what about those immigrants hey Birdemic was uh, just a man with a dream and not much else. <laughs> That's and so many of our favourites on here as yeah. well. It's one guy and, knew knew what he wanted to do and he and didn't a, have the ability was, to make it, but it's beautiful. One guy with a dream and several years experience in clip art who, <laughs> who, who really made it work for him in this um, environmental uh, horror thriller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It, it's, it's pure nonsense and... <laughs> The, it just epitomizes what I love about these kinds of movies. Yeah. That they just, they continue to surprise you. Yeah. And in terms of cult so bad as good movies, we go from one end of the spectrum to the other. The one end of the spectrum yeah. is one guy has like five pounds to make a movie and does something crazy. The other end is big budget studio does something batshit crazy and misguided and ends up making yeah. something amazing. And that's where we find Malignant. Um, yeah. Poorly reviewed movie that is just a fucking madhouse. Really, really entertaining. Very strange decisions. Poorly acted in a way that is often quite amusing. Um, technically adventurous in a way that doesn't always yep. service the story it's trying to tell. Um, and was <laughs> doesn't one of, need to. One of the biggest laugh out loud moments of the year. You say poor, poorly reviewed, poor. 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what the Metacritic actually. is. Jesus yes. Christ. Well, it deserves it. It's resplendent. <laughs> These people had they had their priorities in the right place when they re- reviewed this. <laughs> and it's and it's got Jenny in it. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Ah. Um, Troll two or Troll two or Goblin one. Uh, <laughs> it should be called. Is uh, a classic. For it's a just is is just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a classic for a reason. From the the in, insane dialogue and effects and yep. really cheesy, hilarious uh, set pieces, down to the director who thought he was doing something brilliant and then completely <laughs> turned on his cast when yes. <laughs> when uh, the truth came out. It wasn't a good film. Yep. Just just Maybe everything yeah. about it was a real circus. Yeah, just it. absolute delusion at the highest level, and you've got to respect that. American Rickshaw, just a really great kind of cool genre movie of the 1980s. Um, yeah. Thinking of it now, all I remember is just that awesome music, the sort of cool atmosphere, the, the sexy kind of 1980s American beaches kind of mm. aesthetic to the whole thing but also yeah. moments of high camp of oh yeah me- medallions melting through people's hands of Donald Pleasance fighting oh, yeah. a cat and then turning into a pig and exploding just fuck me a lot of joyous stuff going yeah. on all at once there <laughs> who likes short shorts 
dun, 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 dun. This film likes short shorts. Oh god, the fashion. So good. I'm gonna give you a twofer right now, Paul, because Tom Holland was in two movies this year <gasps> that weren't too well received, but I nevertheless found uh, oh that I quite enjoyed. So <laughs> Cherry and Chaos Walking films definitely, you know, with flaws. Yeah. Um, and Cherry had a sort of unfortunate first act. Yeah. Um, uh, whilst I, as I was thinking this was going to be unbearable watching, it really grew on me uh, after the, around the time that he went to war. Yeah. Um, and everything after that was just really, really watchable. And, you know, if not for that first act, it would have been a bit, you know, actually been fairly high up in... Mm my my list of this year i think oh wow so that's that chaos walking yeah a lot of a lot of problems a really disappointing third act but but it's still tom holland and daisy ridley were just so charming and just mm. so much fun to watch for me yeah i wasn't as enamored by these as you were but i will agree that yeah. tom holland was really good in both roles he's um an interesting performer and it's always fun mm. to see uh, see him work and i'm very curious to see what he'll do next i'll yeah. mention maniac yep which is a really good film uh, from 1934, the earliest film we've ever reviewed, and my Ooh. god, is it just brilliant. It's yeah. amazing how many of the touchstones of a cult movie it already hits upon, from the yeah. bonkers performances, over-the-top plot, inexplicable decisions like the little uh, intertitle cards um, about <laughs> about drug use and, and, mm. and uh, psychosis. It's just... What a movie. We're still on honorable mentions, by the way. Yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll, yeah. So, very quickly, What a Way to Go was recommended by super yep. patron Mark Reed. Uh, I found that very, oh, yeah, yeah. very surprisingly funny and charming. Quite yep. a cast. Absolutely. Blows the shit out of most modern American comedies, I would say, mm. in terms of its charm and its technical ability. Um, I'm going to go with Guardians, which I know I enjoyed more than my partner did, but nevertheless... Um, just an absolutely batshit Russian superhero movie with some really entertainingly <laughs> so bad it's good mo- moments. Yeah. Terrible special effects. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, my last honor- honorable mention then is the Lawnmower mm. Man, uh, mm. f- full of bisexual fuck energy and um, featuring Chris <laughs> Bond, who is who yeah. who is a bisexual fuck energy in and of himself. Yeah. He's like Electro for the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man too. Yeah, not from, no, I was going to say not from No Way Home, but not to spoil it, but you know he's in it. Everyone knows he's in it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah he's, in the, he's in the poster. Yeah, there we go. So he's out. He's out. Yeah, that was a fun um, That also, was a fun watching and recording experience as well, because I was, I was yeah. with oh, a person. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sorry to have missed out on that. Um, on it, so with my family, for some reason, <laughs> um, it wasn't quite as entertaining, but nevertheless, mm. um, yeah, there was some really good moments in there, and it's a good sort of cult movie. Yeah. Um, my final one to mention is the one my undiminished love oh, God, for Jet yeah. is the one which has aged incredibly poorly, but in ways that I find quite entertaining, from its choice of music to <laughs> its um sort of Matrix-inspired action sequences. It's still a lot of fun. Okay, top ten. Okay. Right, number 10, Manos! Yeah, nonsense. <laughs> uh, just absolutely beautiful. Yep. Not very long. Available in HD quality <laughs> on YouTube. I highly recommend you watch it. It's just, it's it's everything you want. It's the bad acting. It's the baffling technical decisions. Mm. The great lo-fi nature of the whole thing. It's just beautiful. As HD as can be. Um, <laughs> and if you're like short, then you'll love number nine, The Christmas Tree. It's seven seconds <laughs> long. Uh and, yep. and it's just full of really weird I guess there are like lazy elements in the rotoscoping just where they just couldn't yeah. be bothered to do it properly and it, and it, <laughs> came, it brings out the best in it um, yeah. just just wonderful non sequiturs and just janky cuts <laughs> really fun yeah amazing editing yeah. really good stuff 
the swarm only ranked this low this low because of you know over a very long time period the, the amusingness of the of the concept of bees attacking a city and michael kane shouting at everyone does diminish slightly yeah. nevertheless as just a highlight reel no even no you can't even do a highlight reel as an entity it is so baffling featuring hallucinations yeah. hallucinations of bees and plans to nuke entire states and just Oh man, mm. it's just everything about it is just wonderful. Yeah, uh, Gem and the Holograms is a really lovely experience, and that's, that's this is yeah. coming in at number seven. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, probably the only one that wasn't uh, probably the only one in our top ten list that isn't wall to wall laughs. It's more of a, yes. just a heartfelt thing. Just Genuine... weren't expecting to actually to be affected. I think yes, absolutely, and that might even be trickier than making us laugh. As yeah. we've you know said, even the worst yeah. Adam Sandler movies can make us laugh every yeah. now and then. But this movie genuinely made us invest and feel moved, and that was its intention. And that is, it's it, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is um a fucking miracle, I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of miracles, number six, Showgirls. <laughs> so beyond <laughs> that touching moment that. between a little girl and her dad, we mm. have got an insight into the sleazy world of um of strip clubs on in Las Vegas in the 90s. Paul Verhoeven yeah. at his sleaziest best. Yeah. Does he achieve I... everything he set out to? No. It does it work mm. in every way he intended it to. Definitely not. But <laughs> it is nevertheless mm. a striking vision of the kind of lives that were going on at the time and the um yeah, the, the what is at stake yeah in this world and the allure of it. And our opinions do differ slightly on this. I think it, mm. it. I think it's much more accomplished than than you do. But, um, yeah, it's 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 about right because uh, I think this is a legitimately good film. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a movie that has legitimate qualities, but also functions not quite within the realms of the movie that they planned on making. Mm. Okay. So yeah, the um, one movie that we agree works exactly how it was supposed <laughs> to is Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Starring Brian Bosworth, Aston Villa <laughs> defender, turned NFL pro. Uh, yeah, it, it is it is very fun. It's v- full oh, of yeah. camp glee. Lance Henriksen yep. just do it like Willem Dafoeing it to the max. Just <laughs> both barrels. Um, yeah. It's unashamed and it's just really really fun. It really is. It moves along at a pace, and yeah. Brian Bosworth rides a hel- rides a um, bike into a helicopter. So. What more do you want before Die Hard did it? Well, I'll tell you what more you want. You want to go beyond, beyond the seventh door at number four. Oh, no. Oh, man. This is a, a wonderful film. So yeah. low budget. So yeah. much accomplished in such a limited scope. <laughs> Just four walls, three walls, a very strange man, and a woman not wearing nearly enough. Yeah. It's all they needed to make one of the most memorable, um, so bad it's good movies ever yeah. made. Not nearly enough clothing for the number of holes she needed to plug. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just some some yeah. real laughs, uh, his, you know, oh near hysterics um, at a few yeah. points there. <laughs> Speaking of hysterics, pass through the Neil Breen dream. Oh god, um, yep. I, I like our first experience of something that was truly strangely brilliant. Um, mm. it, it just um, a man with a big a big vision and a big heart. Not sure what is <laughs> what's in there, but um, <laughs> just 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 led to this film clean. of bizarre choices and yep. Just, just completely <laughs> like, un-hum- like non-human interactions. Yeah, exactly. Like an alien trying to communicate with us through the medium of cinema. And they saw, is, yeah. Um... And they saw this film and thought that that that's what they needed to make. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot. On my honorable mention, also speaking of Phil, Anaconda has to be. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, included yeah. In there because I fucking adored that movie. Yeah. Um, number two, we've got Vampire's Kiss. Yes. 
Yes, the Nicolas cage which is, yeah, a genuinely unsettling portrayal of a man's <laughs> yeah. deteriorating mental health, mm. um, told at 200% by Mr. Cage um, yeah. in just some of the finest mega acting you will ever see. Absolutely. Uh, another one I would call a legitimately good film. Mm, and another one I would have reservations about calling <laughs> such. Nevertheless, it, I, it's just a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Mm. As is our new number one. A legitimately good film. (laughs) (laughs) A movie Uh, so bad it swings around and becomes really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. True horror comedy. It's things. Yeah, my God. You you could not... You couldn't make this if you tried, could you? You genuinely couldn't. It is actually... Because they aim to make a horror comedy. But it's not funny for the reasons they planned, and it's not scary for the reasons they planned. But it is really funny and really scary. Yes. Nevertheless. Smudge the maths there. They went in trying to make a horror comedy. You got yourself a horror comedy, mate. (laughs) What more do you ask for? Just because it's one of the most sublimely terrible things that you've ever seen that will make your face melt off like the Nazis looking at the Article of the Covenant doesn't, you know, mean that we failed. No. That explains a lot. (laughs) As well. It does. Ah, oh, and there we go. Those are our favourite films we've covered and our least favourite films that we have covered. Yes. But now it's time to talk about our most favourite people. Okay. It's the OGT. Oh my God. <gasps> I Ooh, love I talking to the OGT. May have asked their least favourite people some questions. <laughs> oh. Oh, gosh. Well, where better to start than Patreon, where super patron mm. Mark Reed got in touch. Ooh. Yes. No, Mark Reed got in touch on uh, Facebook despite being a super patron. Uh, never oh, my let God, it... that maverick. He's a man of the people. He is a man of the people. Never let it not be said. <laughs> so he's, he says, never. Pauls, what are your favorite podcasts? Ooh. Well, I will say that um, I listen to a lot of the Adam Buxton podcast. Oh, I yeah. really Same. like his interview style. I find that sometimes he, him he's becoming a bit of a grumpy old man, is Adam Buxton. Uh, using the platform to like <laughs> air grievances that he's had with train staff and the like. Yes. Well, I mean, he's always done that right <laughs> since his uh, radio yeah. days. But nevertheless, in spite of the fact I can hear him talk to Vickery's about how everybody's playing video games these days. It's still, <laughs> it's it's still just a joy to hear him. He's a very funny presence, and I particularly like his stuff with um, Joe Cornish, his old comedy wife. Yeah, very funny stuff. Yeah, um, I love uh, obviously films to be buried with. It's fantastic. Yeah, a really good podcast. Um, which just yeah, very interesting insight into people's lives and cinema. And even though mm. I've heard these questions a hundred times now, I still pause to reflect on them during. I- it's easily the podcast I pause the most during. Oh, wow. So I can think about what people have said and think about how I feel about that. So I find that very stimulating. Um, Dungeons and Daddies is really yeah. excellent, a really excellent D&D podcast uh, that's extremely funny and very likable and very compelling and moving sometimes, mm. which I love. Mm. Um, and then in terms of our of our nearby friends, obviously um, everything that Baby Beard Media uh, does it's exceptional, <laughs> and the Simpsons Index guys, who I think are, they're nearing the end of Throne of Games now, right? I think they were close last time we spoke, so I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they've now gone to the end of that project. But these guys are just the best, and if you're not listening to their output, you really should. Yeah. Um. Anyone else good? I've been binge listening to Dungeons and Daddies recently. I think they're just yeah. amazing. They're so yeah. fucking funny. It's it's horrible. Um. <laughs> but that podcasting of it's just like listening to it's just like being with very very cool friends yeah uh, when you're listening to it uh, <laughs> great stories mm. 
I don't listen to too much else at the moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I obviously listen to Roll to Cast, uh, even though I don't. I'm no longer doing the music for it. Which oh, just goes to show you yeah, how good a man I am. You're egalitarian. Yeah, that's that's it at the moment. Just doing a lot of mm. podcast making, and it, uh, yeah. I, I think once I sometimes. yeah once I'm done with Dungeons and Daddies or up to mm. speed I'll be um I'll I'll probably find something else to get into. Yeah. Did recently listen to Dead Eyes uh, recommended Ooh. by friend of the podcast and another podcast Sarah Keep, um, which was about one man's quest to to figure out why he was fired from the show Band of Brothers. Um, oh yes, yeah. Running only running with the information that Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's that's been really interesting because it talks a bit more widely about you know rejection uh, uh, with your creative mm. pursuits and uh, how you process that and how you just keep going with your art. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Okay, we cannot spend this no, much time no. on every single question, but um, yeah. which film slash episode took you by surprise the most? Uh, either hated or loved it well, more than yeah, you thought. Yeah, there've been a couple there um, that we've talked about yeah. during the top and bottom tens. Yeah, no yeah. surprises in the bottom ten. That is exactly how I've expected to feel. Yeah, watching all of those. I don't think any of us expected things or pass through to be quite the transcendent experience. Yeah, that they were. Yeah, definitely. Beyond the seventh door was a lovely surprise. I don't think that really yeah. um, came our way. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't think we really anticipated that. Uh, Gem, uh, not Gemini. Oh, uh, Gemini holograms are still the one because it's the one that mm. you know we genuinely loved in a way that we didn't expect to. Um, yeah, I'd say Highlander two. two as well. We expected that just to be a sort of disappointing sequel. Dreadful. We didn't expect to have yeah as much fun as we did. Didn't expect to be dread- dreadfully funny, <laughs> which it was. Yeah, so um, I think those are the big ones. In terms of episodes, yeah. I don't know. Like the the funniest episodes, I still remember being stuff like Pixels, and no one would have bet that Pixels would have been the funniest episode. Mm. You know. So. That's interesting. I didn't think of that one either. Yeah, and yet got... that's where Jimmy Sweet Shops. No, not Pixels. Sorry, um, the Emoji um, Movie. The Emoji Movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck Pixels. <laughs> yeah, the Emoji Movie was just really funny, and I remember that. Um, yeah. Monk's final question: If you were a billionaire playboy, would you just enjoy that life or take up the superhero <laughs> life? Oh man, I think to get real for a minute, I think if you are genuinely a billionaire, that has to be considered a mental health issue. There is yeah. no reason to be a billionaire. You have some kind of problem yeah. and you need treatment. It's immoral. It is immoral. <laughs> Nobody deserves to be a billionaire. Yeah. Not even the guy who like cured, who invented the first COVID vaccine should be a billionaire. Millionaire, sure. You yeah. know, tens of millions, okay. Nobody should be a billionaire. It is surely detrimental to your own well-being as yeah. well as everybody else's. So I would not be a billionaire for very long. I would very quickly become a world record holder for the guy who gave away almost all of his money uh, because it would be miserable, right? My superpower would be uh, giving money freely to charities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just giving money out would be a, an extraordinary superpower I have. Yeah. But I would yeah. keep a lot. I'd keep an awful lot so that I was oh, very yeah. rich. And I'd still, um, but I, but then I'd just have money to to do this podcast and, yeah. uh, and, uh, yeah, and other other pursuits, and um, that would just I, be it. Yeah, I'd stick like five million into a account that paid like five percent interest, and that would give me enough of a living to be comfortable and happy. Because I feel like there's a cutoff yeah. point, you know. Once because you know that old saying, "Money doesn't make you happy," is. Mm. You know, it's true, but it's also a way in which we placate ourselves to not address the economic imbalances that exist all around us. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a cutoff point where you have all of your needs met and you have a little bit more that means that you can buy fun things, mm. you know, frequently, 
But if you want something really big, like a car or a holiday or something like that, you have to save and cut back a bit. And once yeah. you're making more money than that, to the point where you can just buy the fun things as soon as you want, that's when money stops making you happy, and it's when you start looking for other things, and yeah. unhealthy stuff starts to come in. And before you know it, you're a Sofia Coppola movie. <laughs> you're a vigilante. Uh <laughs> Who dresses up like a bat or other animal? Okay, thanks so much, Mark. Uh, on to the next, <laughs> the next listener. Um, well, hey. Paul Hawkins, Blockbusters. Oh, I love that. Okay, guy. question number one. They are multiple questions. Ooh. All of these are multiple questions. <laughs> what a film that you just never got around to seeing, and it's too late to start now. Yeah, so- I don't think there's ever a one that's too like it's too late to, oh, to yeah, watch yeah. a film no, i definitely say that always have it open for you to see a movie there's never a time where it's too yeah. late but there is plenty of movies that i somehow have not managed to get around to yet the biggest oh, one yeah. is still the sound of music and has been for yeah. well my entire life really because i've never seen it there yeah, wasn't right. a point where i had seen it um mm. no the sound of music is still like the biggest movie like big kind of you know everybody knows about it and it's on all the time every christmas that i still have sure. not sat down to just watch all the way through yeah that's fair yeah i mean like i i one that i did leave too late to watch was the goonies because yeah i watched oh, that and it yeah. didn't no it was it, like it was too late to watch you're right and, and there are be some movies swept up in i just yeah if you don't watch it when you're a kid yeah even with the goonies if you don't watch it when if you're a kid in the 80s <laughs> I think yeah you're not gonna get the really the full experience here and yeah yeah for the goonies well Following on from that thought, he mm. uh, he continues. What? It's a classic film. Have you not seen, despite everyone else seemingly having seen it? Oh, okay. So that would be the sound, sound of music. music. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's an e- that's an easy answer to that question for me. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a bunch that everyone's seen and I just haven't seen. Yeah, it's an ongoing process. I I you know still have loads of stuff to do. I haven't seen any films by Eric Roma yet. You know, I'm I'm working on Varda ever since we you know watched one of her films for the podcast this oh, year. Oh, cool! It's you know, there's loads of stuff. I only saw Jean Dioman this year. You know, which is only this year. Made, like only this year, Laughable. Jean Dioman, the three and a half hour movie about a woman in her apartment being unhappy. You're an embarrassment. Somehow. You're an embarrassment <laughs> to me. This whole institution. There are there are like three Werner Herzog feature films that I have not watched yet. Mm. So it's you're never done. You no. Know? If you ever thought you could be, it would be maddening because you would try to do it and it would be the worst. You have to embrace yeah. that you're never finished with classics of cinema. Kind of like this podcast. And if, yeah. But <laughs> what, like my answers could my answers could have been Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But thanks to Paul and his great ideas, I've seen them all Yay. and many more. <laughs> um, you're welcome me uh number three how the hell do you keep consistently putting out episodes on a weekly basis well paul we stick to an agreed recording time yay <laughs> and it also at a great no. cost to our own mental and spiritual health no it yeah. is extraordinary it really is one of the things i'm most proud of is that for five mm-hmm. fucking years we have managed to put a motherfucker out there every week yeah that's crazy. it's pretty good that's yeah. insane if you think about it properly or even improperly. Don't. And we've been doing Patreon stuff, and it's just... That's a release every week as well. Yeah. Um, it's a small Just don't miracle. do things by halves. We've never... I, I certainly... I mean, you've successfully finished a couple of novels, but I have never stuck mm. with anything this long um, and mm. actually seen it to fruition in the same way that I have with this, and I'm extremely proud of it. It helps having a weekly output, I think, in, in chunks. You don't have to think of some grand... 50 hour uh, arc or anything 
but yeah, having each other to sort of keep uh, keep yeah, us accountable keep helps as well. Yeah, and we yeah. do like to apply pressure. Um, we we tend to call <laughs> in the middle of the night and um, leave threatening messages when the other one is a bit sleepy and can't Ask stand up for the themselves. Afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that really works as well. So um, yeah, you can take that. Yeah. His final question: How much film could an OGT watch if an OGT could watch film? And I hate this. I'm too tired. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. So if an OGT could watch film, they would watch every OGT film. They would, because that's the OGT way. Uh, thanks yes. so much, Paul. Thank you, Ellen Graham. Oh no. I know. Bloody hell. Well, she says. Be what's the biggest swell? <laughs> she says. What's the biggest disagreement you've ever had about a film? Certain women. Yeah, probably certain women. <laughs> that one spilled over into our personal lives. It got uncomfortable. Yeah. It got personal. Um. Yeah. It was yeah. certain women. <laughs> yeah. There was. It was that. We also had a sort of hour-long text conversation about the um, Avenger fight in Captain America Civil War. I think I just think neither of us wanted to just have... We both wanted to have the last word and I, that just carried on. Maybe time hasn't... Maybe time has faded that particular pain, but I do not remember getting as emotionally invested in that particular tete-a-tete. No, it was just protracted. <laughs> I will say something that really reassured me recently that we are cinematically on the same page is that you saw the movie Annette. Oh yeah. And whereas the two people I saw that movie with hated it, you loved it. And it's oh, in, yeah. it's in your favorite movies of the year list. And, it's got, yeah. I imagine it'll be in the top three. It's incredible. That's beautiful. It's it's fucking great, everyone. If you haven't seen Annette, the Sparks Brothers operatic Opera, yeah. romantic drama tragedy movie directed by Leo Carey, then oh my god, you're you must. missing out. It's it's the best. It's beautiful. <laughs> I just can't get it out of yeah. my head. Um, uh, she continues what was the first film you saw together I'm going to uh, turn that over to you uh, first film we saw at the cinema together which was probably the first film we therefore saw together because I don't remember you coming to the flat before I refuse I, yeah <laughs> I went to the cinema with your fine self and your then girlfriend Nadia and the movie mm. was uh, The Book of Eli oh god okay yeah <laughs> Denzel Washington no, I was because I went and saw The Road which was out at the same time I saw that with my creative writing friends and I did oh, feel okay. like I had shortchanged you by seeing <laughs> the book of Eli with you and the, the road with the creative writing punch nah. but it was very that much was... starting as we meant to go on yeah it, it, <laughs> what little I knew at the time but uh, you were, <laughs> explains all the notes you were furiously making on my face <laughs> when I came out and said so what was the one what was your quick firing <laughs> Yeah. And you just what? <laughs> you ran away as fast as you could as if you'd seen a, a vision of a Lovecraftian future <laughs> ensnaring you in its tentacles. And I try every week. I try to get away, and here I am. Uh, <laughs> she continues, what's your go-to movie snack? Ooh. Ch- chocolate for me. Yes. It's got a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of sugar. What's really yeah. weird is I have never really been a big eater in cinemas. I've never been the guy to bring in mm. snacks. Um, I remember cinema there was... is your meal. Cinema is my nourishment. Um, I do remember there was a period where you were bringing in like full-on lunches into cinemas, <laughs> and you would have like stuff. Well, it was because I would struggle to describe like green paste kind of stuff. Um, is it is that wasabi maybe? Because I was I was bringing sushi into an enclosed cinema space. That might have been it. Um, it's because we would always go and watch movies after a work day. And yes. I get, or, I'm a hungry boy. I can't do what you do and just uh, <laughs> like have a meal at the beginning of the week and be fine. <laughs> That's true. I do eat at inhuman and incredibly unhealth- unhealthy times. <laughs> um, th- yeah, we were in the, uh, the habit for a while of Saturday morning, record, watch the movie, record the podcast, and then go yeah. out to the cinema immediately afterwards and you would edit on the DLR there. 
Um, yes. I remember that happening a few times. That was a pretty chill kind of setup for a bit. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. I was a big fan of that. that but yeah, nice. I did have to have sushi in the cinema. But nowadays, yeah. I tend to tend to schedule my cinema visits around mealtimes. So <laughs> chocolate will do. Yeah. Is it worse to sit next to a movie talker or someone on their screen the whole time? If it's at home... Arguably, the screen is less distracting. If it's in a cinema, both are getting uh, comments from this guy. Yeah. As for which is worse, maybe the speaking is actually worse than the screen, because at least I can block out the screen with my hand. That's true. I can't do anything about the fucking talker, <sighs> except tell him to shut the fuck up. Although, actually, I feel more entitled to tell someone to shut up. I feel like there's more... Yeah. What's, what do you call it? Like, uh, routine, um, precedent. Yeah. There's more precedent and moral impetus for me to just go shh yeah I, I wish there was a noise i could make to mean put your screen away ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> what? The, the problem is there's there's consensus that movie talking is bad but screen use there yes. there, there are some fucking insane it's people out there who just foggy, think it's fine it? to have have a screen yeah. or to have their fucking apple watch just spark up halfway through to be like oh, geez, it's your lunch soon <laughs> don't forget lunch um, yeah, it's it's hell. and the the yeah. annoying thing about screens is that you can see them all yeah. over the fucking cinema when someone's got it out. Someone's on the front row with yeah. their phone out and they keep checking it because yep. they're a fucking cuck. Then it's just <laughs> it's just, oh yeah, I can't go seven minutes without my phone, which is me in normal life, but in in theaters, yeah, obviously you fucking turn in my it off. Head, in my head, I always fill in a thing. If someone's looking at their screen, it's like I hate this. Yeah. I hate this and I want you to know it, but I'm so bored. Yeah. Uh, whereas if someone's talking, my mind is always like, I don't get this. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain it to me, please? Daddy. I need to... What's going on? <laughs> like, I always just put that idiot quality <laughs> on my assumptions about people when they're in a film. That does help. Misbehaving. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, mm. going. Thank you for those. Going over to Patreon. Thanks, Alan. Nathaniel DeBell, he says, Ooh. Dear Pauls, Congratulations on making Hello. it to another milestone episode in addition to capping off uh, the year. Given that I only started listening to your podcast at this year's beginning, I would have spent at least 250 hours in your company as well. Wow. Uh, mm, in hell. actuality, I'd scouted out your show a number of years ago. I listened through many podcasts about older films and television, mm. but was hesitant to commit to it because of the slightly grotesque visage of your original cover art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Look. We love Sarah Keep and the art she has done for us. And our current cover art, I think, is really quite beautiful. Yeah. I was, let's say, taken aback a little <laughs> the first time I saw the original um, cover art that we used. It is a grotesque, but in a way that I think we had kind of asked for. Yes. The, 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 I think we had said, the, make us look horrific. Yeah, the, um, what's the words? Directive. The, yeah, the brief. Was, it, yeah, it needs to get across the the existential pain that we feel um and she we did want this to look like it's deteriorating as you look at it and she ca she captured that somewhere out there there are versions of us getting younger <laughs> and yeah um but glad glad uh we are glad and so is nathan as he continues i'm very glad i did start listening and now every mm. week i look forward to your new episodes oh fuck yeah uh, may I be so bold as to say I would love to chat with the two of you sometime in the future. Well, that's and uh, yeah, and 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 that's that's going to happen because because yep. um, he's giving us money, but also because we Ostensibly like ostensibly because he's a patron, but also yeah, get in touch. We'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll al always, always up for that. Yeah. Um, um, I hope you don't just take what I said about the money to to be <laughs> uh, flippant truth. It's a classic Paul joke, which is to say that there might be something in it, but not this time. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> um, aside from the bad films which form the basis for this podcast, uh-huh. can you tell me more about your passion for film? Mm. Why do you watch films? What makes a film a favourite for you? Who are some creatives, directors, actors, etc., that are important to you? Wow. This is good stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, film is just my favourite medium of art. I consider it to be perfect, mm. and as such, a perfect means of communication. Um, mm. And what really excites me is when that is done eloquently and elegantly. Elegant in the literal meaning of the word, of sort of a, like a, a beautifully simplistic approach to something. Just an image mm. and a sound perfectly paired in a way that articulates meaning. It just fucking excites me and gets me mm. really thrilled. And when we talk about my favourite films of the year, I'm really thrilled that this year, for the first time in a couple maybe, my number one is just an inherently cinematic thing. Something that just mm. so beautifully makes use of the tools of cinema, cinematography and editing to express a story that is grand in scale and scope. And that is the mm. sort of thing that impresses me. Consequently, you know, I always see cinema as being split into like the fantasists and the realists. And it's the fantasists mm. who draw me, you know, more so. And of course, it's ironic that fantasists are always looking for the reality in their fantasies and the realists mm. are always looking for the fantastic in their realities. But it, it's the uh, the people who are willing to sort of you know, genre films and people who are willing to use cinema in really exciting ways that go beyond sort of documentary filmmaking. So I'm mm. not a big cinema verite kind of guy. I like yeah. big bonkers creative types. I love Tarkovsky. I love yep. Kubrick. Who else is out there? Bergman at his height, you know, his sort of middle mm-hmm. fantasy period. Yeah, mm-hmm. these are the people who really excite me. And Nolan as well, because I love big oh, yeah. grand filmmaking um, styles, but also more abstract stuff like Lynch. Yeah, these yep. are the filmmakers who really excite me. It's it's people who are willing to play with the medium and understand that cinema is an experience from beginning to end. Mm. Um, yeah, so my passion for film, I guess it's the most immersive art form for me. Mm. Um, and not necessarily the most rewarding, or it's if if there are others, it's you know equal. Um, mm. But it is incredibly rewarding, and it's and it's transportive as well, mm. and it's. It's the art form that probably gets in my head the most, mm. um, other than a sort of video game addiction. Mm. It's, but that's diff- <laughs> that's different. That's yeah. uh, that's weird. Yeah, I guess I, I watch films because it just speaks a certain language that yeah. resonates in a way that nothing else does. Yeah. Um, and films that I do also lean towards the the big and the bonkers and the um, the ambitious, mm. which is yeah why I, you know I love Nolan and I love Villeneuve. Mm. You know I love oh Villeneuve I love, yeah. I I love watching Nolan movies and laughing to myself, thinking mm. I can't wait to see this a fourth yeah. time, and yeah. I wonder what's going to slot into place uh, on each rewatch. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you know, I've Wes Anderson has been a favorite of mine for a long, long time. Mm. There's just something about his yeah. eye for a shot, and the little bits of melancholy and nostalgia and humanity there in, in between that you kind of have to. You have to sift through some of the uh, defenses that people put up. It's really, yeah, it's yeah, it's been quite important to me as I've uh, grown up and gotten older. And yeah. cinema's poetry is also really important. Yeah. Someone who puts like lyrical images, which for me is something that you get from someone like uh, Kelly Reichardt um, and Chloe Zhao. Yeah, Chow. okay. Just um, yeah, just a really sort of melodic kind of imagery mm. and pacing. Um, is another thing but again that also ties it into the idea of cinema as an experience i think yeah mm. um david larry is another one uh, oh yeah the the green knight and ghost story have both been yeah. uh well ghost story is my favorite of that year uh mm. green knight 
is in the running for favorite this year. I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not sure of my top 5 at the moment, but it's, it's um solidly it was my top it was five. it's fucking just awesome. superb. And the old man yeah. with the gun as well was really great. He's mm. yeah, he's didn't, he's a poet. That one didn't hit me as much. Yeah. I I maybe I, I I was hoping for more like visually stunning mm. stuff in in the yeah, style of Ghost Story and, and Green Knight, but oh, yeah, but yeah, stuff. definitely. There was definitely stuff, definitely yeah. cool. Mm. Oh, we'll have to have that chat. Tell, tell me more about yourselves as if you're being interviewed for a job. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are right. you looking for in this new position? Well, we're crucially low on time, so let's go one thing for that. So, okay. one thing about yourself, one strength, one thing that you're looking for in this position. Um, okay. I am a human being, <laughs> care deeply about family, <laughs> terrified of strangers, film is good. And from this position... I am hoping to achieve some sort of self-worth. Great. I am a, a slightly less accomplished version of a polymath. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot, uh, and, and, and I'm on, uh, hoping to achieve something with some of them. Uh, yep. My strength, uh, persistent. Oh, yeah. My or a weakness, uh, I'm paranoid. And, uh, <laughs> or, <laughs> crushing, or crushing self-doubt, anyway. Yes. And with this, with this new position uh, working for you, Mister Debell, I yeah, also also self worth, also just want God yeah. to come down and, and say, hey, one, I exist, and two, uh, you did good. <laughs> yeah, you're doing fine. Is what I want some paternal figure <laughs> that I believe in to uh, tell me. Yes, you are oh. at or above expectations. Really? Wow, at expectations. Oh, Fantastic. Fuck! I thought I could only oh. dream of this. Oh god, it's too it's too good now, and now I'm panicking. Thank you so much for that, Nathaniel. That was excellent. That was um, amazing. Really lovely. Okay, moving on to Twitter, we oh, uh, have a few, <laughs> five more, I think. So five um, more. If, so for these people, if if these people uh, don't get like the most detailed response, I'm really we sorry. Love you. We love all of you, <laughs> um, but we're we, very tired. Yeah. Okay, Sophie. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. You know what? I like podcasts. Hey, Sophie. Yeah, hi, Sophie. It says, is there a film you think is completely underrated that more people should know about? Fuck yeah, loads of them. Um, <laughs> most of our most of our defense of episodes yeah. of this, right off the top of my head, I can't believe that we didn't do a defense of about this whilst we were doing them because we kind of moved on to the great things, uh, which mm. kind of is the same. We're still trying to promote movies that we think are superb yeah. uh, that not enough people have heard of, but the Suspiria remake, oh, I really yeah. should have. We should have done and had... Ellen on as a guest to um, talk about it because she yeah. also adored that movie and had such an interesting perspective as a performer herself yes. as to you know what that movie means. Oh God, what else? I don't know if enough people are watching Cartoon Saloon stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the Irish Folklore Trilogy and The Breadwinner have been just the best British films made in the last decade, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, otherwise just keep an eye on those top tens uh, because there yeah. are almost always movies in there that are just obscure little gems that have just yeah. flown under the radar. Um, we do our best to promote great films wherever we can. Cool. Yep, yeah. Paul's pretty much landed on mine, which is true and not just expedient. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Phil Harker-Smith says... Oh, that guy! I know, this fucking, this fucking guy says... This fucking guy! Where do you guys land on the idea of auteur creators in cinema, especially in the current <laughs> landscape of monolithic production oh, studios? Is there room for visionaries in the current system, or is it too risk averse? Well, there should, there should always, I think, there should always be, there should, always should be room for visionaries in the in the current system, and there is. 
Um, yes, but I it's, so. it's people who have proved their metal, I think. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily go along with the idea that, you know, I, I saw someone say, oh, eventually there'll only be five people who make movies, you know, in yeah. cinemas and everyone else would do director, you know, home stuff. I see cinema as being more vibrant and alive yeah. than that. I'm the kind of guy who will go to cinemas and see stuff that is somewhat a bit more obscure and I'll go to film festivals and mm. all I see at film festivals are hundreds and i mean that literally hundreds of filmmakers who are talented and creative mm. and exciting coming from all over the world mm. competing to get their stuff looked at and i i would love for audiences to do more to get out there and just watch some of this stuff as yeah. auto auto theory is a little flawed in as much as i know that it's not just one person who makes a movie yeah you know it's always a collaborative art and almost always the best movies are the ones where the filmmakers have embraced the idea of collaboration and yeah. taking ideas from other people. Even people like Kubrick, who are well known for mm. being sort of auteurs, you know, he handed a sizable chunk of his movie over to Ali Ermi when he found out that this guy can do the drill sergeant stuff better than what he could write. Yeah. He was willing to do that. He would just <sighs> hand over his movie to someone who knew what they were doing when he had to. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a mark, I think, of a true filmmaker is someone who can you know, accept other people's ideas and opinions when they're there. Yeah, true. It is a, a little bleak, the current landscape. I dislike the fact that, you know, you look at a top 10 list of the highest grossing films of the year and so much of them are Disney. That's not great. Yeah. The sort of single entity leaking yeah. down, you know. But again, just be patient. Wait for our top 10s. You'll see how many truly extraordinary films are coming from all over the place. All, every yeah. country and company and just everything out there. So just... I would suggest if it gets you down, if you're feeling a bit depressed about the state of cinema, just go out and find something that's yeah. different because you will find it in your local cineplex and it's amazing. And you'll find that a lot of the bigger stuff can justify spending money on the uh, the smaller stuff as well. It's like the, the bigger stuff keeps the lights on, keeps the money coming in. And, yes, uh, it can do. There's a... You know, yeah. some, I don't want to use I, the, the phrase trickle-down economics came to mind there. I don't want to use yeah. that phrase necessarily, but no. yes, there's... The, 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 the but that's a problem with this system, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, um, a, you know, mm. the best possible uh, way forward. Yeah. But we can all do cool. our bit by going and seeing smaller films. Yes. Go on. Chris Attaway says, mm. you may have already done it, but how about a reverse OGT for a widely loved film that you both think is overrated <laughs> or just plain shit? For example, I Hate Crash, the Paul Haggis film, not Cronenberg. Give us quick yeah. fire of crap things and OCT, if you will. <laughs> not very Christmassy, soz. You scamp, that's not our directive. Oh, look at him. No, I feel like there's enough of that sort of thing out there. Yeah. And in particular, if you want a very nuanced takedown of Crash, yeah. there's so much good stuff out there to point out why that movie is, by modern standards, very problematic in its approach to race. Yeah. I've not actually seen it, I should point out, but <laughs> I've, okay. um, I've, I've heard of uh, the sort of legacy of it. Yeah, okay. At some point, we should talk about Boyhood, which yeah. is... The only example of that I can think of, of a very, very acclaimed movie mm. that neither of us took to or enjoyed. We should revisit. I'm guessing a revisit would actually be quite favorable. I hope yeah. it's always fine that these sort of things are. Generally just catches you on a bad day. Yeah, we should do so to just break the myth that we have built up in our heads of the movie. Yeah. Or confirm it, which would be interesting as well. So, yeah, yeah we should... At some point, do pretty much exactly what you suggested with Boyhood, but we would still come at it from the angle of trying to find good things about it. Yeah. But we wouldn't also lie about how we found it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Thanks, Chris. Uh, BT Calloway 
of the Simpsons Index says, Woo. if you could have your memory selectively wiped and see any movie again uh. for the first time, what would it be? Uh, Inception would be mine. <laughs> That's such a good question. There are so many. Mm. Um, I'd love to see if Old Boy would land with me the same way now mm. as when I was a teenager, or if it was just it caught me at exactly the right time yeah, you know, right. when I was 15 years old mm. and just wide open for an experience like that. I'd love to see if it can still hold its own and just have that em- emotional gut punch as it did yeah. back then. Um, I don't know. You'd think something twisty, uh, something that catches you by surprise. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of a twist that really blew me away. The only thing I can think of is I recently revisited Home- Homecom- Spider-Man Homecoming. And oh, yeah. how shocked I was when Michael Keaton has revealed yeah. to be the girlfriend's dad. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of something a bit more resonant and meaningful oh, boy. than that. Yeah, it's just old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sixth Sense. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Before, before M. Night Shyamalan did his thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd okay. have to have the rest of M. Night Shyamalan erase from my mind, I think, in order to truly enjoy the Sixth Sense. Yeah, and then you just, <laughs> when somebody said, do you want to watch the rest of them, you go, oh, I'm feeling no. <laughs> I have a note from my past self here that says no, absolutely that says, not. Ah. I think, it, <laughs> so I think it's telling say... me to put my screen away. <laughs> so I'm going to say ah. Thanks, BT. Uh, Stuart Watkinson this is the penultimate one Stuart Watkinson says uh, I don't know if some of these have been asked but can you remember the first time you went to the cinema sure can Aladdin uh, yeah it's Aladdin I remember yeah. it very clearly and I recount uh, I recount it a little bit in Paul's to be buried with in the Patreon but yeah oh. it was Disney's Aladdin I saw it in 1992 I think when I was four mm. years old my memory is shaky it could have been the mask so I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna stick with that I think um, that's the answer you give in the pause to be buried with. Yeah, at least I can remember what I gave a couple of months ago, um, <laughs> if not 30 years ago. It was so, about a year. <laughs> it was? Oh, my God. I know. I've got to call my dad. <laughs> uh, what was the film you had on VHS that got played over and over again? Jurassic Park. Uh, okay, nice. For me, <laughs> uh, the, the VHS uh, was uh, the bottom live tour. <laughs> that's true. That did get played a lot. Yeah, Shit, an awful tr- lot, and rewound and rewound. Yeah, <laughs> to the naughty bits. Yeah, oh, they're the funniest bits. Um, I guess um, after that, the movie would be Terminator Two. I, I take that oh, off yeah. of uh, off, off off telly, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was on most days as a kid. Couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Oh god, those days yeah. where you just like, have a stack of VHSs to get through in the day. Oh. And no idea yeah. of, no concept of time running out. Uh, yeah. What's a bad film that you genuinely like and why is it David Lynch's Dune? <laughs> I haven't seen David Lynch's Dune <laughs> since I was a teenager. I would have to revisit uh, yeah. to fully assert to that. But no, we, as we say, there are some, it's a complicated question because do you mean genuinely like in a so bad it's good way or genuinely mm. like as in it's a bad movie that we have real affection for? Both of which I think you'll find plenty of in our bottom tens. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, definitely. There's, there's a good mix there, I think. Cool. Anaconda is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. John Voight, forget about it. Yeah. And I'll um, stick to Street Fighter, the very first defense oh, of yeah. Empirically a bad movie. I get it. I still have a lot of affection for it. Well, uh, okay, then for me, it's Freddy Got Fingered. I mean, it's the, <laughs> the main reason I agreed to doing this podcast <laughs> in the first place. Fun, at some point, I'm going to get to talk to, about that. Hey, and uh, Tom Green. Gonna, yeah. Dadaist, Tom Dada more like uh, and <laughs> one day I'm going to get you to watch Date Movie because I hate me as well as I hate you <laughs> thank you Stuart thank so, you uh, final question from Christopher Ooh. Bond um, oh this is going to be saucy uh, oh brace for fuck energy everyone 
So he says, what are your goals for the podcast in the future? And uh, it's funny you should ask that, actually, Christopher, uh, and also be the last person to ask a question uh, <laughs> as I organized it. Because, well, I mean, in OGT terms, we're always looking to, you know, for new ideas and we get to try yep. a lot of this stuff out on the Patreon. We're going to be um, continuing to release weekly. And, yep. you know, as the Patreon grows, we're a couple with two dollars off of our next milestone, uh, which will yeah. be a fiasco one shot. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we're going to be finding the time to do a couple more uh, pools pitches, which I just love doing. And they're always some of the things I'm most proud of. Um, And try and get back into in the main episodes, just doing a few more uh, skits at the beginning of the episodes, because I miss those. And we've done a couple recently and it just feels great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And also, because I feel like our mission is ongoing, there is still so much negativity around film criticism, and we want to address that by, yeah, being positive about terrible movies. Because we arbitrarily split off so much of our time into these kind of themed things, like, you know, the first four episodes of any given decade are going to be, you know, recommendations. Then we've got a history hole. And then we get four episodes we can do whatever we like with, and then we're into another great film kind of thing so because yeah. of that it never gets tiresome i'm yeah. always looking forward to our next opportunity to review an old movie or mm. do a recommendation from the crowd or do something contemporary which is what we get to do every you know time there's a regular episode so yeah i just can't wait to do all of those things i can't wait to watch more bad movies like from today like yeah the worst movies that are getting made right now so we can figure out where some movies are going wrong and you know where they're <laughs> going right it's Oh, it's just great. You, yeah. you, this It's formatted in such a way that we never get tired of this, and it feels yeah. like an ongoing thing. And yeah, hopefully it's just going to get bigger and better. It's not a chore, and no, uh, that's, and that's I don't wonderful. Feel like, most crucially, I don't feel like we're repeating ourselves. No. I don't feel like we're coming down, because yes, we've come up with some unifying themes around badness, i.e. laziness, but it just mm. doesn't feel like we've run out of things to say about these movies yet. Yeah, but on, on top of that, the other big bit of news which is is oh yeah it's it's ogt adjacent in that we're yeah. taking part in it uh yeah. we are starting a D podcast yeah. uh an actual play podcast with our good friends uh jen uh jen blundell who yeah. was in the patreon D roulette episode yep um amongst uh, other things and was the yeah was doing some poetry on the patreon as well on poetry yep, yep. she's all over the patreon Sarah Keep DMing, who is uh, responsible for all of our amazing slash grotesque artwork and featured on the Star Wars All Movies at Once Watchathon yep. on Patreon. <laughs> yes. And also Nell, um, who you probably, you've probably heard uh, me screaming at her from my microphone. Yeah. Uh, and was also, yeah, on the D&D Roulette episode. And yeah, we've got a couple of episodes recorded we're going to be looking to release in january the first episode yeah. podcast doesn't have a name yet uh, no. <laughs> that's tbd yeah i'm actually um, all of my pitches from now on are going to be things the acronym to which are tbd yeah <laughs> it, it fits uh it yeah. tracks definitely but yeah so we've, we have got a lot of stuff in the pipeline yeah. And, oh, also, uh, speaking of which sorry because it's us adjacent and speaking of jen blundell i am now going to be doing a hopefully every other week film podcast film review podcast that's gonna just try and review mm. everything that's in cinemas at the time we record it it's called jen and the F- jen and the film critic 
Mm. Um, and you can find it on most podcatchers now. We've got episode one up where we review, I think, like eight movies because there was a lot out that particular <laughs> nice. time. But yeah, so look out for that as well. It's hopefully going to be taking some of the load off of my written reviews. Perfect. Yeah. And that's all we can hope to achieve. Just taking the <laughs> fucking load off. Oh my off. God. Help us. We have got an awful lot in store for 2022. Yeah, so, it's looking um, exciting. Yeah. So thanks so much, everyone on the OG team, for more questions than I could have possibly expected <laughs> and hope to have stamina to answer. God bless um, you. Yeah. So yeah. much. You are ace. You are ace. And that's just about going to do it. We'll be doing some out- outtakes in the Patreon zone this weekend. Uh, and she'll be right back into shite, fu- uh, shite films with her recommendations month starting next week with another Nellathon. Yeah. Oh, my God. We true. always start the year with a Nell. She looks after me. <laughs> She's literally Paul's carer. And we <laughs> respect that. So, Paul, hmm. how can people find out more about the Paul boys? Quickly. Twitter and Facebook, OGT Pod. Send us an email at gmail, OGTPod at gmail.com. We are on we are on Patreon. <laughs> They've been so kind to host us. Uh, yeah. as, for people to pay as little as a dollar a month for exclusive access to content such as Paul's pitches, uh, our Let's Plays. Yep. Our Let's Play, I was going to call it a series. Yep. That's, All the stuff we mentioned rich. earlier, it's all on there and yeah. it's great. And yeah, now is a good time, uh, episode 250, to say... Um, thank you so much for listening, for yes. taking part, for being oh mem- members of the stunning, dazzling OG team. You're the best. Um, but if but if you're not uh, if you're not ready to become a patron, what you could do though is leave us a review or yeah. spread the word. The fact that you are listening is amazing. It's really all we could ask for, and we yeah. really appreciate that. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about one good thing the podcast. Oh. Is that after 250 episodes, we still haven't found the best thing? We'll do that next week. Oh, was I supposed to hit record? <laughs>